This is Jackson Brown, and you're listening to the Nicole Sandler Show. Hey, this is John from Five for Fighting, and you got my buddy, my longtime friend, the lovely Nicole Sandler. Hi, this is Donald Fagan. And this is Walter Becker. You, you know, know, Steely Dan. Dan. And you're listening to Nicole Sandler. Hey, this is Jake Slichter. John Munson. Dan Wilson. We are Semisonic. And you're listening to Nicole Sandler. Hi, this is Melissa Etheridge, and you're listening to my friend, Nicole Sandler. Hey, how you doing out there? This is Ziggy Marley, and you're listening to Nicole Sandler. Hey, everybody, this is Pat Monahan from the band Train, and you're listening to Nicole Sandler, my favorite on-air personality. The Nicole Sandler Show. Music to my ears. We wrap up this week of musical diversions from politics and the news with a couple more interviews from my music radio days. Coming up later in the hour, one interview that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did with Harry Connick Jr. But we begin today with the Finn Brothers. Okay, they're not widely known by that name, but I think you'll recognize them anyway. I hope. Back in the 70s, Tim Finn fronted a band called Split Ends, E-N-Z, from New Zealand. They're from New Zealand. After a while, Tim's younger brother, Neil, who was probably 16 at the time, joined the band. And they had a couple of hits, Six Months in a Leaky Boat, maybe one or two others you might recall. Anyway, a few years later, Neil started his own band, and they turned out to be one of my all-time favorites, Crowded House. Tim Finn joined Crowded House for the album Woodface, which is also one of my favorite albums, um, which I later learned was originally supposed to be a Finn Brothers album, but that actually came a few years later. An album simply called Finn. So Neil and Tim toured together when Finn was released in 1996, and that's when I got to interview them in the KSCA Music Hall. Now, since I'm such a big fan, I was nervous, and I attempted a clever intro, which kind of backfired on me as it came out all wrong, but I think I was able to wriggle out of it. Anyway, you'll hear from the FM 101.9 Music Hall. It was July 19th, 1996 with the Finn Brothers. Well, we have moved into the FM 101.9 Music Hall, and uh, across from me, they are self-described musicologists. Although when you're talking about Neil and Tim Finn, the Finn brothers, the term serious musician seems like an oxymoron. Because uh, yeah, I can't put serious in, in any description of you guys, I don't think. Moron's quite appropriate. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know what that means quite, but... I'd no, I know what oxymoron means. Well, I don't, and Tim tried to explain it to me the other day. But. It's like military intelligence or jumbo shrimp, two words that don't quite go together. I think we're together. quite serious about our songwriting and stuff. Def- oh, and I, and I didn't mean to imply but that you weren't. I'm not being sensitive. <laughs> I'm just saying because um, on stage sometimes we undercut that with a lot of, um, yeah, just spontaneity and fun, really. And I think the balance is, if you can get it right, which we don't always do, but when you can, it's, it's a good feeling. Well, I think you do, because entertaining is probably the best word to describe your shows. The music is phenomenal, that goes without saying, but you guys also have this chemistry on stage that just, people described uh, your shows as making their faces hurt because they were smiling so much. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah. mostly because of, you know, that's my, me really. That was Neil. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Collectively and individually, Tim and Neil are responsible for Split Ends, Crowded House, Alt, a few Tim Finn albums, the new one, Finn Brothers. And I hope you notice I'm really trying to be diplomatic here and allowing each of you to go first, like Mm -hmm. Neil and Tim and Tim and Neil. Oh, you're throwing it around. We're not that diplomatic about it, really. It's a bit of a fight. I've noticed. But actually, I I should say, Tim, the review said that you were the funniest. Did it? Yeah, it did actually say that. Oh, yeah. I never read the reviews, so... Yeah, I just pass them on every now, now and again. Now and again, I hear there's been a good one, and no one tells me if they're bad, so it's kind of good. <laughs> well, Tuesday night, I sat right next to uh, Steve Hockman, the reviewer for the LA Times, oh, yeah. and he was enjoying it every bit as much as I, which is saying Thanks a good. lot. Thanks, good. Um, you've just wrapped up, as we were talking about, an abbreviated seven-city tour with two phenomenal nights at the John Anson Ford Theater. Um, on behalf of everyone else who was there, thank you. Like, oh, thank I you. bow in your general direction. Well, we were pretty stoked because uh, they, they were good shows, and like especially the last night. Well, I mean, they were both excellent, really, but um, he said humbly, but the last <laughs> night had a, a particular magic to it, and you don't always yeah. get that on a tour. It, I felt like I witnessed a four-hour show because I was there for both nights, and they were two distinctly different mm-hmm. shows. Yeah. Well, in between, well, we do a lot of the same songs, obviously, every night. There's certain songs we 
we're attached to and we should be doing every night. But um, within that and beyond that, we we like to um, stretch it as much as possible, which includes Tim wandering. Have you been now there? that, of course, he's wireless remoted, mm. he's he's um, cableless. He can wander mm. wherever he wants. And uh, and Ford offers a great deal of you know wildlife and bushwalks, and Tim That's took right. advantage of them all. That's right. I even discovered um, my nephew Alroy hiding behind a hedge. He'd been up there since two o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, somebody had upped him, dared him to. Uh, but it's get a involved. great um, venue. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Now, the amphitheatre feeling. I mean, it's very ancient. You know, have people sort of spread out on a hill like that in front of you. There's something very um, like for an entertainer. It's it's um, it's I don't know. It's the best feeling in the world. Well, it was a wonderful, wonderful place to watch and listen to you from. How about uh, kicking it off with a song here? Sure. The Finn Brothers are with us in the FM 101.9 Music Hall. What are you going to do? You can start with Angel's Heap. Yeah, Angel's Heap. Yeah. Three, four. News travels fast. There's an old wreck in the underpass. Wine in a glass and a well-traveled bed. Down the length and breadth of the motorway, down the information highway, I took a ride in an angel's seat. Yeah, I took a ride, and she took me away to where the hills are steep. Yeah, I took a ride In the still mind of a child There's a live bird on his shoulder She could swallow a lie like she's drinking a flagon of beer I'll never be the same again Let the black wheels fly over oh, I took a ride in an angel's heat She took me away to where the air was sweet She made me come alive the red pine seat Yeah, I took a Finn Brothers on FM 101.9. Angel Seed, a song found on the brand new Finn Brothers album, a song you wrote about a babysitter. Uh, well, yeah, that's my current story. It's a, <laughs> myth a mythical babysitter. Ah. Some wild woman who takes you on a ride uh -huh. in a rusty pickup. You wish. And you lose your innocence forever. 
the muse. So the, the childhood stories you were presenting to us weren't necessarily true. Nothing is necessarily true. Ah, uh. it's all true, and and for us. Uh huh. And on at the Jan- John Ensign Ford, it was true. Even we can't tell anymore. That's the simple answer. Because we can't remember. <laughs> well, do you remember what it was like growing up in your house? I, the one thing you displayed on stage and seeing you perform together over two nights made it really evident in how well you work off each other. It's almost like a telepathic thing because while you did do a few of the songs, uh, a few of the same songs, you did them quite differently. Where mm-hmm. Do you yeah. just yeah. go off? One of you like challenges the other, goes off in an improvisational way, and the other one follows? Yeah, it's just like that, really. I mean, it's complete support, so it's egoless to quite a large extent. Um, it's kind of the way we write it. We've written as well, so we've gotten to the a pattern through having had a couple of big writing sessions of just kind of being surfing the ether mm. and, and um, when we do it together we're sort of responding to to certain melodies or or you know rhythms that come out which both of us have deeply ingrained in us because we grew up with the same music so there's a lot of c- common ground there as much as we do different we, we do different things as well but um, it's mm. a very comforting thought and we just need to engage each other and look at each other in the eye and we can go anywhere we like well, we like. Mm. That, and like, that was amazingly evident. It was John Anson Ford was the perfect venue for it because we were close enough, it was intimate enough mm. that I could watch you and one of you would go off and do something and sometimes there was like on the other one's face either a big smile or occasionally a grimace <laughs> and it was just like, okay, here we go. And you'd yeah. go off into these wonderful different places. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, I like it too. Yeah, well, it puts, <laughs> it puts you in the moment. And any time you can break through the boundaries of rehearsal into um, spontaneity is good for any performance, I think. There's far too many... Um, I mean, I'm, not to, I'm not sitting here criticising anybody else particularly, but there's a lot of shows you go to see that seem like they're scripted Yes. from beginning to end, and I just sort of think you might as well stay home and watch television, you know. I agree, or they might as well be lip-syncing. Yeah, just, and I also can't understand how people... It keeps it interesting for, for you as a performer to... For the accidents are really what makes the night memorable. You know, it's how you remember a night. Somebody says, oh, "I was there the night that, um, you know, Jock from Glasgow got up and stripped to Four Seasons in one day." You know, and and you you remember that really well. <laughs> it was particularly memorable, actually. It's a great that big thing actually ass. happened. Great big ass. And <laughs> also the way you jump around from instrument to instrument on uh, Wednesday night, there was a problem with. Um, uh, Kiss the Road of Rarotonga, where yeah. your guitar yeah. wouldn't was work, yeah. working. She worked pretty good on piano. It's, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, we can be very flexible because there's only two of us. Mm. You know, don't have to boot the keyboard player off to get to play the piano. This is a great luxury for us to be able to just play all the instruments. You know, um, that's how we made the record too. We just had all these instruments lying around. You know, we walk around the studio and go, oh, "We'll try that." It was very free like that. Was it always part of the game plan to do a Finn Brothers record? Never part of a plan as such. I mean, I think we realised around the time we wrote those songs for Woodface that, that we could do it. Um, but we'd been together for years before that and not really written much. So it's kind of a surprise. And then um, it was just a matter of saying, well, let's do it, you know. And I guess we'll do it again. And it's just going to be a matter of um, when the time comes up again. You know, We don't have our plan as such, mm-hmm. but we have a desire. It's there. Kind of uh, spontaneous all the way around. Well, yeah, and keep it pleasurable too, not overwork it. I mean, we know that we're paying a price by not touring much here. If we came here and toured for six months, we could probably sell some records. But, you know, and without that, hopefully we can still do that. But the chances are going to be, you know, it's tough. You've got to get out there and go round and round and round and round. And we just, I don't know why, it's not because we're lazy. But we just don't want to lose the spark of it, uh-huh. you know. Uh, you said a word, Tim, the other night at the show, genetic, and it's, it's, this talent has got to be in some sense. Too, but were, was music a big part of your household growing up? How did you? We had a lot of music in the house. Mum's Irish, and she's you know steeped in it really. And Dad's huge on the swing band stuff. So there was probably a disproportionate amount of music um, compared to our peer group. And um, we fell in love with it at a very early age and found we could sing in harmony. There was a lot of live singing. When our parents had parties, everybody would take a turn to sing a song. Peggy Dawson would sing Stormy Weather. Um, George Goddard would sing Shake Hands with a Millionaire. And the Durning Brothers would sing uh, that little lamb song about we are poor little lambs who have gone astray. (laughs) And we'd listen to all this stuff and just think, oh, it's a natural thing to sing together, you know. Wow. I was lucky. Sing another one together for us? 
Sure. Yeah. Which one were we going to do? Um, Did we make any arrangements? We could go back to the past a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, try to split ends, maybe. Yeah, sure. Six months in a leaky boat. Okay. Give it a bash. Put it in its morning key. Yeah, it's normally in D. We're going to do it in A, musicologists. Okay. <laughs> when I was a young boy, I wanted to sail around the world. That's a life for me. Living on the sea, the spirit of a sailor, the circumnavigates the globe, the lust of a pioneer, will acknowledge no frontier. I remember you by thunderclap in the sky. Lightning flash, tempers flare round the horn. If you dare, I just spent six months in a leaky boat. Lucky just to keep afloat. Should it stop me? I'll conquer and stay free. I come on, all you lads, let's forget and forgive. There's a world to explore, tales to tell. Back on shore, I just spent six months in a leaky boat. Six months in a leaky boat Bad key. It was a shocker. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, too, yeah. it's, too, it's a bad key for whistling, Tim. That's all right. Don't don't knock yourself out, man. I went way out then, didn't I? Don't whip yourself. Well, I'm enjoying it. That's good. The Finn Brothers with us in the Music Hall at FM 101.9. Going way back to the Split Ends days. Now, that was Tim's band. And Neil, you were just a, a, a young child at the time. And then after a, a couple of records, you joined the band as still a teenager. Well, I was, yeah, I was 14 when the band really started. Wow. No one heard the band really over here till. Probably seventy-seven. No, no, seventy-six. 76. We actually came through. Yeah, but um, it was yeah. a very short little tour. And by then, I was almost ready to join the band. So, mm-hmm. seventeen or eighteen. Tim plucked me out of um, hosp- being hospital orderly. Yeah, he was eighteen. Thank you for that. Eighteen, and I was hospital orderly, and he brought, took me over to London. I couldn't play electric guitar at all. It was a huge leap of faith on his part. Um, in fact, I think the rhythm section, who were both English and had no knowledge of. Um, you know, or no assurance of my potential, were conspiring to sack me. <laughs> they realised they didn't have the numbers. Sort of a bit like a political political kind of thing. I think you know? the thing that swung it for us was the writing. We knew Neil could write, so and also I was kind of into having him in there because he knew the mythology. He's been around it. I mean, when he was thirteen, he used to watch us rehearsing. So he was kind of just aware of the whole atmosphere of the band. It was been very hard to introduce somebody to that cold. I think, but yeah. 
Now, Tim, you seem to constantly challenge Neil on the writing thing because you were throwing out like song titles and saying, "Okay, write write the song." Yeah, well, that All was the gag the that night. Yeah, there was mm-hmm. there was a running gag. It was kind of good. Um, <laughs> But we don't do that all the time. No? That no. was a special thing for us. It was us. very well, special, yeah. he was well, actually, doing it. You were doing it Tuesday night, and then... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think any of them are going to make the next record, but... Um, they were lovely interludes, There was though. a couple yeah. of little moments. Um, what Tim does do on when we're writing together, though, is we'll talk, you know, he'll bring up something that he's read or, or a title or something, and that's usually a very good starting point for a song. So uh-huh. what we did on stage was kind of like the very first attempts that we would do at throughout the beach but because there's only two of us and we don't have to feel embarrassed we can get to the next level you know mm-hmm. get to the verse and chorus yeah you know i have to mention tonight at 7 30 you guys are going to be doing an in-store performance and appearance at mm-hmm. the virgin megastore on sunset boulevard yeah it's at sunset and crescent heights laurel canyon right there so for those who missed the shows or just need more like the way I've been. Um, uh, you, tonight, the Virgin Megastore at 7.30. Um, Neil and Tim Finn, or Tim and Neil Finn, are with us. Now, Do you are you aware what Sunday is? The anniversary Sunday. of? Sunday. What's the date? It is July 21st, 1996. What? It's the 10th anniversary of the release of the uh, first Crowded House album. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. July 1996. Well, well be over right. here, yeah. anyway. No, that'd be right. Yeah, well, we actually almost lasted 10 years of the day then, didn't we, really? Now, to release, pretty anyway. good. Yeah, it, it was just a, a few weeks ago that we got the final word that yeah. Crowded House was over. Was that really a hard decision to make, or was it just time? It took a long time to get round to making the decision, but it actually wasn't in the end a hard decision to make at all because I knew I was ready for for a change. So, um, having made it, I'm actually quite um, relieved and exhilarated. Not that I have any uh, any absence of affection for Crowded House. It was a great, really good ten years, four good records. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're good, good friends, but definitely time to move on. So I feel good. Well, it was during the last tour that Paul Hester decided to leave. And yeah. Could it have been Crowded House without Paul? Uh, well, yeah, we could have made a record um, easily enough with Paul, without Paul, and it would have sounded like Crowded House still. And mm-hmm. but that was part of the thing. I didn't want to. Um, I don't want to make another record that sounds like Crowded House. I want to find some new angle on things. Um, there is there is one more. You've got the new Finn Brothers album out, but there's also a greatest hits collection coming out with a few new songs called Recurring Dream. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was kind of part of our agreement with Capital because we've now um, parted ways from Capital and part of the, the, the agreement to let us do that was to put a best of out. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, it's probably quite a good little signpost at the end of things. I, initially, I thought it was a little early for a best of, given we've only, we only did four albums, but... Hey, what the hell? It's quite a good compilation. We put a bit of work into it, and we did three new tracks. So it's and there's a whole well, in America at the moment, we're still trying to get them to release what we've done in in England and the rest of the world is a is a CD of live compiled live tracks mm. with the best of to try and make it a more comprehensive package because we definitely cut our teeth on stage. So, uh, but yeah, enough of that. There are so Finn Brothers today. Finn Brothers, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I went out the, when we first heard about the Finn Brothers. Um, it wasn't available over here for a while. In fact, my copies, I bought the import because right. I heard it was here and you couldn't get it. And uh, big thank yous to Discovery Records for bringing it, bringing yeah. it up and releasing it over well, here. Um, yeah, well, we had to wait a long time, unfortunately, because we yeah. were doing this thing with Capital. So I noticed that you're on your cover, you've got a round import sticker in the middle, which basically gives the illusion of two sperm heading <laughs> for an import sticker. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I hadn't yeah. quite figured mm. that, but yes, it does. Um, I, there was one, th- this, which um, is quite possibly my favorite Crowded House record while we're on the subject, Woodface, yeah. which is the one that Tim is on. Yes, that's right. So, what, Tim, what prompted you to join Crowded House for this record? Um, it, was, it was sort of like it seemed like that was the only way around it because we'd recorded... All, Neil, had, Neil was halfway through a Crowded House record, then he stopped to do an agreed-upon record that we decided to do. We started recording tracks for that, and we did like Weather With You, There Goes God, and a few others, All I Ask, and most of them really, and um, it went really well, and uh, then he had to kind of go back to Crowded House, and it was pretty tormenting and weird, it was like, it didn't it didn't really make sense somehow, so we just combined the whole thing, and um, you know, at that stage it was great, and we did some really good shows, I mean, I can remember some... Yeah. Pretty, pretty excellent nights, but um, as it went on, the months went by, it just started to unravel a bit on stage. I wasn't being fully stretched, I guess. I mean, it was hard for Neil because he had to, you know, they needed a keyboard player 
and so that became me for a while and I'm not really au fait with all the technology so it was a bit awkward and um you know just generally I wasn't being stretched and I, I was a bit frustrated and I yeah. think they knew that and we it was very amicable at the end you know when we finally said let's just forget about this it didn't work you know the record worked and we've had some fun but let's get on with things you know? I, I saw that tour both with you and without you mm. I, but the Finn brothers are here the, the shows at the John Anson Ford Theatre are wonderful it's great the chemistry between the two of you on stage was just magnificent and in here in the music hall how about another one mm. sure did we decide what we were going to do um, not really we could uh, do, do you want something new uh, stuff never maybe? yeah okay <laughs> tuning job sorry it's live radio folks Go back to whistling. It's early for tuning, my ears aren't ready. Is she falling from the sky? To heavy of heart. Inside was on her tongue. The grief was in her arms. Suffer never. I mean her no harm. She'll come slowly rising on the air. Left her weightless on the air, on the air. I remember how it felt Kisses slowly rising on the air Another track from the brand new album, The Finn Brothers. The import was just called Finn, but here it's Finn Brothers. Mm -hmm. There's something special for America. All right. Um, we've got time if I can coax you, coax one more out of you. Yeah. Okay. Just let me just have a bit of a talk while I tune, Tim, just so I don't, right. really don't have it. 
avoid um, that kind of... We could talk about my fabulous solo career. Yes, we can. Quite a few albums from Tim Finn. <laughs> and, and then the All the Thing. What happened with you and Andy White yeah. and Liam... Omoinly. You know, I never know how to say his name, so I always say Liam from Hot House Flowers. Yeah. Uh, you've worked together a lot. Huh? Well, yeah, we wrote Many's the Time, which was actually on my last record, and that was the first thing we did, and then we did the Alt Thing. And, um, yeah, it's a good celebration of friendship, that band. It's, um, we'll, we'll probably do that again one day, you know. Well, it seemed like a lot of fun. I mentioned I was at the, the show at the House of Blues. And yeah. you just seem like three guys having a blast on stage and just playing music and yeah. having fun. Exactly. Yep. That's what it's about, isn't it? Well, if you can get it like that, yeah. I mean, you know, some people, I guess, like a tighter show. But when we do alt, we just do whatever. Uh-huh. We never rehearse. <laughs> All right, well, Tim and Neil Finn are with us in the music hall. Um, we, like I said, time for one more. Yeah, mm. we can do one more. Mm-hmm. We can do weather with you, maybe. Oh, oh, yeah. that Give would that be a awesome. bash. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I haven't done your request, Kim. But we might do a slip in chorus as we're fading into the news or something. Kim, um, Kim's here with us today, all the way from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You know, she sent me numerous emails over the last couple of weeks begging, mm-hmm. could she please come in here? And we, you know, don't usually do that. But I told her, you know, if she wants to hang down in the parking lot, you never know yeah. what, what you can accomplish. So. You did well. We're at FM 101.9. musical. Here we are. Brothers. It was rocking. At FM 101.9. Awesome. Please don't stay away so long this time. Come back and see us soon. We will. We will. It'll be our pleasure. Sorry about the whistling. Uh, the whistling was just wonderful. So I was quite into the whistling, actually. <gasps> I quite liked it. Good. T- tonight, 7.30ish, the Virgin Megastore on Sunset in West Hollywood. Oh, yeah. The album's called The Finn Brothers. You guys are great. Thank you so much for coming by. Oh, You're you. welcome. The Finn Brothers, Neil and Tim Finn of Split Ends, Crowded House, and the Finn Brothers. It was in July of 1996. And still to this day, 
Neil Finn remains one of my favorite artists, somebody that I will never miss, given the opportunity to see him live. Crowded House broke up for a while, but they did reform a year or two ago. And Neil's sons, Liam and Elroy, are now both in the band. During that interview, you heard me talking about hanging out with them at the John Anson Ford Theater during the Finn Brothers show. They were little kids and they were adorable. They are now in the band Crowded House. Just love them. So now we'll end this week of musical excursions into my radio past with an interview that I wasn't all that excited for, but it turned out to blow my mind. Harry Connick Jr. released a new album in 1994. The single featured, in addition to Harry's piano, a big band and horns, and I figured there was no way he'd be able to perform that in studio for us as it was just him and a piano. So I started the interview by playing the version of the song off the record, and I sat there in amazement as he accompanied himself. So we'll start right there, as we went live just as the recorded song was ending. Harry Connick Jr. and the KSCA Music Hall, August 1st, 1994. From his brand new album, She, that is Harry Connick Jr., I Could Only Whisper Your Name. That's also on uh, the Mask soundtrack, isn't it? It sure is. This weekend's number one movie at the box office. Uh, I think it's a great picture. I'm a big Jim Carrey fan, so it was really exciting to see that. Great. I haven't seen uh, seen the movie yet, but I, the previews look amazing. <laughs> it's a great film. Uh, I'm Nicole Sandler, and my guest is Harry Connick Jr. Thank you for joining us this Thanks, morning. Thanks, Nicole. Good to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. And we brought in a piano and everything, and, and while that song was playing, you were just sitting there tinkling along. And, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't want to talk to you because I didn't want to, like, waste anything. I wanted to save it all for on air, but I've been enjoying just watching you for the last five minutes. Oh, thanks. And uh, I'm going to enjoy watching you tonight. You've got a big show at the Hollywood Bowl. Yes, it should be a lot of fun. i got the new band, the band who plays on uh, this latest album. It's like the funk band. They, they're they playing with me at the show, so it should be a lot of fun tonight. The Funky Donkey Band? Is that what we're calling <laughs> Well, the, the band really doesn't have a name. Uh, okay. it just uh, That's actually the name of one of the songs on the record, but uh, uh, they're Tremendous musicians, really are. Great. Now, this this is a kind of a departure for you. It's uh, away from the big band stuff that you've been doing on the last few albums. Right. It's um, it's music I've played for a long time. I just haven't done a record like this, and I thought it would be a good time to, to let the people hear a little different side of me, you know? Uh-huh. Well, there was kind of a natural progression, I think, in your music, because your first one was an instrumental, just piano and right. bass. Right. Right. And then you did the trio thing. Right. And started singing and showing us what an amazing voice you've got. <laughs> Thank you. And then, I guess it was with the When Harry Met Sally soundtrack that you first did the big band thing. Right. So it's all, you know, I've been always trying to change and, and uh, do things. I've never really been a big uh, a big band historian or anything. It's just when I did When Harry Met Sally, they had a big band there for me to sing with. And I was fascinated with that whole, um, that whole type of, of jazz. So I started doing a couple of albums like that. And... Uh, you know, now's the time for me to try something different, you know. Uh-huh. And this is the kind of music you grew up with, from being from New Orleans with the old right. R&B. And... Yeah, this is part of it anyway. I mean, uh, if you listen to my other albums, there's a lot of New Orleans jazz influence, but mm-hmm. this is definitely the uh, the funk side of things. Great. Well, knowing that I was going to talk to you today, this weekend I was out and about, and I saw a lot of musician types, and, and I kept bringing up your name. And I heard a couple of stories, and I don't know if they're true or not. One person told me, we know your dad's a DA in New Orleans. Right. And uh, one story I heard was that when you were a very young boy, there was an old man up on charges, but he was a musician. And your dad kind of gave him a reduced sentence in exchange for piano lessons. No, that's completely untrue. Well, it would have been a cool story. But I did hear that when you were six, you played at your dad's swearing-in ceremony and kind of enjoyed the crowd reaction, and that gave you the the entertaining buzz. That was, um, I was was about five years old when we did that, and it was um, actually the opening of his... uh, campaign headquarters and um, I played the uh, the Star Spangled Banner and uh, I was really impressed with the fact that people were listening and clapping for me so uh, that's I, that was probably the first time I uh, I really decided I wanted to be a performer. Wow, so you knew since then. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. very cool. Um, you're sitting here in front of this piano. Now, the new album has got a rock R&B kind of thing with a, with a nice band around you. Right. So you, you probably can't do much of that stuff here today. Oh, sure. Yeah. In fact, I play. Um, I play. This would be the first time 
anyone's ever heard that song you just played on the radio just with me and the piano. So wow. I'll do it for you now. I haven't even done it myself. Great. So here it goes. Somebody was spreading rumors About better days are coming why was I humming as if I knew one in the same? But I just whispered your name. Somebody was saying something about there being an end to tyranny. If that day came, I, I, I just whispered your name, yeah. Yes, I did. Well, everyone got their own opinion and protects their own dominion. No doubt for them it's true, but I tell them what I really believe. My only worry is protecting you. Nobody should ever be lonely. I'll find somebody to care Ask me if I dare to answer Who could carry that flame I just whispered your name Oh, 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 oh Protects their own dominion No doubt for them it's true But I tell them what I really believe My only worry is protecting you Nobody should ever be lonely We'd all find someone to care Well Ask me if I dare To answer who Could carry that flame Gary Connick Jr., FM 101. New Orleans style for you. That was wonderful. Thank you for that. Thank um, you. As you're playing and you're tingling that piano, I noticed that shining wedding band oh, on yes. your left hand. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. So uh, I know everybody knows, but Harry's married to Jill Goodacre. Right. Who we have all seen for years and years in those beautiful Victoria's Secret ca um, catalog layouts. And I got to ask, before you met Jill, had you seen the catalog? I mean, you saw this woman modeling this lingerie. Well, uh, Jill's, Jill's really done a lot of things, and uh, I saw her in uh, actually on the on the cover of uh, Cosmopolitan for the oh. first time. And uh, of course, I, I don't I don't wear lingerie, so I, I have no reason to, to look at the magazine. But I did see her in a lot of other things and a lot mm -hmm. of TV commercials and stuff. So that was the first time I got a glimpse of who she was. She's also she did a um, boxing video with Sugar Ray Leonard. She right? sure did. Yeah, she that sure was great. Did. Yeah, she's she's a great uh, great athlete as well. So. That comes in handy. In and her now business. she's in the producing and directing videos. Um, she's directed uh, three things I've done, and uh, she was just nominated for a Cable Ace Award for for best director for uh, a big feature a thing I did at the Paramount uh, in New York City. So I was real proud of her oh, for that. Great. Well, congratulations, and I know you broke a lot of hearts when you got married, but you, you're <laughs> just such a great-looking couple. And, oh, thank you. And I saw the picture of the horse-drawn carriage, and it looked very romantic. Oh, and I'm thanks. sure what could be more romantic than Harry Connick Jr.'s wedding? You know, wow! Sure, must have been great. Speaking of awards, um, you have five gold albums, five platinum albums, three Grammys, one Emmy, two Oscar nominations for soundtrack songs. Uh, you've accomplished a lot at a very young age. Well, there's a lot of musical things I think left uh, unaccomplished that I'm that I'm working on. I mean, it's nice to win awards and 
be recognized for for things. But the the real uh, the real accomplishments, the artistic ones, I think I still have uh, a ways to go yet. You know. Uh, how does your your parents react to your success? Well, my my father, my mother died when I was thirteen. But my dad is very uh, very proud of me, and and uh, it's mutual. I I love my pop and. And uh, we have a great relationship, so he's real happy for me. Well, you grew up. They, they owned a record store when you were a kid. Is that right? So. Uh, it was actually about 10 years before I was born. They uh, they had a, a record shop, and they were putting themselves through law school. And uh, and I wish I had been around to see that, but, but they did keep a lot of the old records, and I got a chance to hear a lot of that old stuff, so it was fun. So they were both lawyers, and your father goes on to become district attorney right. of New Orleans. And but still plays on the side. He goes out and plays in clubs. Well, and he's performs. he's a singer, and uh, he's always loved to sing, sort of as a hobby. And uh, recently, he's uh, the last few years, he's really developed it into a serious uh, serious hobby. He's become quite good at it, and and uh, he has a couple of shows a week down in the French Quarter. So I'm real proud of him. Oh, that's great. Do you ever jump up on stage with him? And oh, jam? sure. That yeah. Is- Definitely. That must be just the most amazing feeling to oh, be able to is. do that with your Yeah, family. well, you know, I, especially when when you go up there with somebody you love so much, you know, it's just a, it's an, it's a nice uh, diversion from everyday life when you get to go on stage with somebody like that. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun. You uh, have done some acting as well. You yeah. we first saw you in Memphis Bell. I did Memphis Bell, and then I did um, a film with uh, Jodie Foster right, that she directed. Mente. Yeah, and, uh, and I did a... One of the uh, Cheers shows. That, that was, was fun. wonderful. Thanks. And I've met all those people. I had an opportunity to be on the set of Cheers one day, and they are a blast. They you must are. have had. Oh, uh, it was great. It was really fun. Uh, they're, they're a lot of fun off camera as well. Uh-huh. And, and so I had a good time doing that. And, and uh, if the, the right script comes along and um, the, the right uh, time comes along where I can do another movie, I'd, I'd love to do it again. And how about now writing for a soundtrack? For instance, Sleepless in Seattle. Did they um, come to you first and say? Well, actually, I didn't. I didn't write that number. Uh, the, Mark Shaman and a guy named Ramsey McLean, who who I've worked with on on this album, uh, she, they wrote the number and uh, asked me if I would sing it. And uh, so all I really did was sing it. Um, it was an easy job for me. I just the song was pretty and I went in and sang it. So it was really no effort on my part there. Now, what about Godfather 3? It was the same situation. They they wrote a song and asked me if I wanted to sing it, and, um, you know, it took a couple hours, and that was that was the end of that. Now, how long ago was that? The Godfather 3? Yeah. Uh, a couple of years, I think, a couple of years ago. Well, it seems longer. I, I'm thinking that the, the whole Godfather trilogy was so long ago, and yeah. you must have been about 10 years old. No, no, no. <laughs> the, this last one was, one, you know, that was only about two years ago. Okay. I have a question about your album titles. You had one called 20. One called twenty five, one called eleven. Right. Well, the reason I twenty was the the first one, um, and and uh, I was twenty years old. I thought yeah. it'd be neat just mm-hmm. to call it twenty, for lack of a better title, really. And, and then when I got to be twenty five, I said maybe I could do this every five years, yeah. uh, <laughs> maybe just to document a certain style of my development, mm-hmm. just the solo piano. Uh, with a few guests on each one. Well, when I released 25, I had done an album when I was 11 that was really called, uh, it was called um, uh, Dixieland Plus was the name of the album. Um, But uh, because it was being released with this one, I thought it would be neat just to show people uh, a chronological development. So mm-hmm. um, I just called it 11 because I thought it would be neat for them That's to see great. that. How old are you now? 26. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You, somebody who never saw you, who didn't know anything and listening to you, you just have a much more mature sound about you. And it's like amazing. You've got so much ahead. And Well, uh, I, I like to think so, you know, and uh, there's there's just a lot of, a lot of things to learn. You know, about piano playing, um, I mean, just when I was playing that number a little while ago, you know, there's things that uh, some other great piano players, their fingers would wor- work in a certain way, and I, w- I would want mine to work in the same way, you know, and, and it just takes a, a long time to figure that kind of stuff out, you know, as a singer, as a piano player. I, I, I'm excited to, uh, to take time and learn those things. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you have 20, you have 25, and you have she. Is she Jill? No, actually, uh, uh, she is a is a poem that was written by this fellow Ramsey McLean. I was telling mm-hmm. you about earlier, and and uh, it's I just thought it was a neat name for the record. So it's really Ramsey's poem that uh, that I just put music to. Mm-hmm. Will you play another song for us? Yeah, sure. Great. It's Harry Connick Jr. live at the New FM one hundred one point nine.
Lord Rouge lies awake at night Doesn't sleep for days I guess he's carrying something That the pillars can't take away I feel just like him Except for me is double See baby I got you And your trouble Well your trouble I used to not need nothing Not trouble is all I need Excitement can make a dull moment a thrill. She does whatever she wants, then puts it on my bill. That ain't so expensive. I got it covered in my sleep. You see, sugar, I got you and your trouble. Well, your trouble. I used to not need nothing. Not trouble is all I need. Of my life on man In a way you'd be a belief It really wouldn't be so bad See darling I got you And your trouble Well your trouble I used to not need nothing Used to not need nothing I Used to not need nothing Not trouble is all I need Harry Connick Jr. New Orleans style for you. That was wonderful. It's FM 101.9, and we are honored to have you as our guest here. Today is our one-month anniversary. We're a brand-new wow. radio station here in Los Angeles. So thank you for helping inaugurate the place. Hey, listen, I, I've heard, you know, so many great things about the station, and, and there's a lot of uh, lot of stations out there, and it's hard, I think, for a new station to come along and find its own identity, but you guys have done it because there's not a lot of stations out there concerned with, with music. And just to let me play on the, I never get to do that, so um, it's it's a blast, you know. The last time I got to do this was on my album 25, where I just sat down on the mic just like I'm doing now. So wow. it's a great treat for me as well. Well, it is a real treat for us, and it's going to be a treat for everyone who's in the audience tonight at the Hollywood Bowl. What are, what what do we expect? What, Hopefully what a better better performance than I just gave you. <laughs> it's early in the morning for me, man. I gotta have a chance to wake up a little bit. But uh, no, we're gonna we we're just gonna. It's the most amazing band you have ever heard in your life these guys are so they're so outrageous and um it's it's just a good time i mean it's it's kind of like what i just played but with with five just unbelievable musicians behind me so i can't wait you do there is an opening act yeah well i mean the opening act itself is is really all the people need to go away feeling satisfied leroy jones trumpet player from new orleans I have a new record label. I just started it, and he's the first act on the label, and he is probably the the world's greatest at what he does. He's just a trumpet player and a singer from New Orleans. He's a true genius. Oh, terrific. Well, I look forward to that. So it's tonight at the Hollywood Bowl. Are there still tickets available? Great. Still tickets available. Tomorrow night, you'll be at the Santa Barbara County Bowl, which is a wonderful place. That's going to be fun. Wednesday, San Diego Open Air Theater, and then Friday night at Irvine Meadows. So we have you for a few dates in Southern California. That's great. Going back to what I said before about I, I asked a lot of questions, somebody told me that I don't know how long ago it was, but you were in a room with Aaron Neville, and you were doing something, and the two of you wound up sitting and singing old like R and B songs. Oh, we were um, we were probably doing my Christmas special, and uh, and Aaron is just uh, he's just got a wealth of of knowledge and and information that if you can be around him long enough, I'm I'm sure he he would share it, and he did. He shared it with me and. You know, Aaron Neville comes from a time in New Orleans that I can only wish I came from. I mean, he he was there in the fifties when people were really playing, really playing uh, that style, and he's just the greatest guy. And I didn't have much to offer the conversation by way of uh, nostalgia or or just information because I wasn't around. But I did, you know, I played him some stuff, and he would sing. He's just a marvelous guy, just yeah. a great guy. Well, the two of you together in a room, I can imagine it's two generations of it's amazing, amazing New Orleans music. Well, thanks, and just just being with him is is unbelievable. When we did the Christmas special, uh, everybody knows the the Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting sure. on an Open Fire, 
And uh, I asked him, I said, Aaron, what song would you like to, to sing? And uh, he said, I'll sing that. And I did all the uh, uh, string arrangements and things for the, for the show and all the conducting. And I basically would, would write the simplest chords. And his voice was like, it was like an angel, you know. So mm. for me, it was a great honor to work with him. Yeah, I bet. And did you steal one of his band members for your No, bands? yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> uh, Tony Hall, my bass player, he was uh-huh. with the Nevels for about eight years. And, uh, oh, he's just, he's a great, great bass man. He really lays the bottom end down. And in New Orleans music, that's very, very important. Like, just the, the bass lines that guys play down there are different than they play anywhere else. When you play a New Orleans funk beat, it's just different than anywhere else. So the bass player and the drummer really got to got to lock up you know yeah well i can't wait for the show tonight i'm really excited Thank i'm you. sure everyone who's who's got a ticket in their it's hands it's gonna be fun great will you do one more before you yeah come? sure well, harry connick I'll play live. some boogie for you great. i is just what i was and am who i be Mississippi Act your ex what talks in tongues But never more need them be To love the language You got to be born on the banks of the Mississippi All right Staying by my mama's in slippers and pajamas Where there's always something good to eat Strawberries, honey and cherries And pecan pies, ozone sweetening With the do-rag on my brow Jasmine wisteria and Florida Lee To love the language You got to be born on the banks of the Mississippi Mississippi Hey! Wow. Yeah, Harry Thank Connick you. Jr. live on FM 101.9. I wish everyone out there could see, you know, I wish there was a camera pointed at that keyboard to see your hands flying across it because it is an amazing sight. <laughs> Thanks. Really well, is. you know, it's going to be uh, even more swinging tonight because I'll have a chance to, you know, get a little rest, get something to eat. Because, <laughs> man, it's early. Last time I saw this hour, I don't even think I've seen this hour in the morning. Wow. Gosh, there's only one. What time is it now? It is uh, 10.30. There's only one 10.30 in my book. That's p.m. <laughs> well, we'll be seeing you tonight at 10.30 p.m. I'm sure you'll still be <laughs> up be, on stage. I'll be rocking 10.30. Right. We're still going strong. Harry Connick, Jr., thank you so much for joining us this thank morning. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, it's New FM 101.9, and it's been a blast. Thanks. Thanks. Now that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you see what I mean? Uh, Harry Connick Jr., I wasn't really that jazzed about him coming in until I saw him playing the piano and went, whoa, uh, what a brilliant performer and what a nice guy. And a perfect way to wrap up this week of our time out from news and politics. We get back to the grind on Tuesday. Now, Monday is New Year's Day, so I'm not sure what we're going to do. We may just repeat 
the show that aired on Christmas Day with all the the Mark and Brian Christmas show musical highlights because it's New Year's Day. (laughs) Um, And I'll be back live on Tuesday to start all over again. Let me just take the last few seconds to thank you for listening and thank you for supporting this program. If you do and if you don't, I hope you'll start in 2024. I'm Nicole Sandler. Thank you. Happy New Year. Peace out.